You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. I think it's an inevitability. Hey, look at that. You spit it out. (laughs) I'm a surveyor. I'm not a wordsmith. (laughs) Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Ready, set, Yes, Brazilian tie and Travis Curra, another off-season edition of the Two and Out CFL podcast. Before we get going, I gotta say, Ty, did you see Cleo Lemon is now a TV star? <laughs> I saw that, and I still can't believe it. Okay, this might surprise you, but I'm a nerd. And <laughs> oh, weird. <laughs> I, I watched some of the DC and the Marvel uh, TV shows that they got on. TV, uh, once it recently started, like if it started 10 years ago, I'm too lazy to catch up, so I, I don't watch them. So I watch what, Legends how, of... How could you be too lazy to sit and watch TV? <laughs> I'm that lazy that if oh, I'm... Oh, that's a whole nother level. If I'm behind on a show, I won't put any work into it. Like if it Just get the Coles notes. Yeah, like I have not watched Breaking Bad, I have not watched Sons of Anarchy, Game of Thrones, Walking Dead, Lost, none of it. I've watched I've watched five episodes of Breaking Bad. It fucking sucks. <laughs> but when I watch about twenty eight hours of wrestling a week, there's not a lot of room for other TV. Anyway, no, that that's also very fair. <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow is on TV on Monday, and a lot of times when shows want some TV on. It costs a lot of money to get the rights to the NFL, so they get the rights to some. CFL games, and it was an Argos and Ticats game from the mid two thousands, and Cleo Lemon was the quarterback. <laughs> like, I there should have been way more tweets about this. Yes, why I feel like there wasn't this go- enough? <laughs> like, this should be front page CFL.ca news, right? Forget, forget Randy Ambrosi's new blog. Forget. Forget the road trip that he's on. Forget free agency. How is this not on the homepage? In the huddle on the Two and Out podcast. Of course, free agency just opened up on Tuesday, so there's a lot of news to get to. I guess we'll start by giving a shout-out to Empire Andrew, the Eskimo Empire podcast. He hurt his back in a tobogganing accident. Uh, it must be almost a month ago now, but... Randy Ambrosi's doing his town hall meetings across the country, and he was in Edmonton on Wednesday, and Andrew joked that, hey, I, I can't make it out. Why don't you stop by my place? Ambrosi did stop by his place. In what other league does this happen? Um, in no other professional league would this happen. No, it's that, that, amazing. It, like, I was there the Thursday prior to that, and all I brought was Timbits and a tea. <laughs> like, way to one-up me. <laughs> thanks, Ambrosi. <laughs> yeah, like, th- thanks for making me look like a terrible friend now. <laughs> but really, what could you do? You you can't just go back in time and win a Grey Cup and show up with, a, you know, an Eskimo Grey Cup ring or anything like that. You, you were kind of screwed from the start. Well, I was hoping that, you know, I give him some tea, he gives me some pain meds that I can take home with me. <laughs> And it could have been a really good weekend. Yeah, that's a fair trade if I ever heard one. <laughs> I thought so. But the best part is that the dog got into the Timbits after I left. So really, I think I left him more than one present, I'm sure. Yeah, I think you did, buddy. <laughs> Condolences <laughs> to the family of Leo Cahill, uh, former coach of the Toronto Argonauts, but lived a great life, 89 years old, passed mm-hmm. away in Atlanta. Now, he was one of the... Great personalities of the Canadian Football League. And it's kind of funny. He'd never won a championship, but he was a part of that 1971 Toronto Argonauts team, which to this day is such a celebrated team and had Joe Theismann. But one important element was missing from that team, a Grey Cup. But to this day, we're talking about that 1971 Argos team. Steve Simmons made a lot of people mad with his curling article early in the week. But uh, I think he redeemed himself Weird. and wrote a really uh, good article on Leo. So a Toronto team that didn't win a championship is 
wildly celebrated in that city. Wait. Like, that's never happened. Like, that's never happened before. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> 1993 Maple Leafs. <clears throat> My mind just blew up. <laughs> right? <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, it's, uh, like you said, he did. He lived a great life, you know, um, one of the great, great coaches and characters in the CFL, and, you know, he will be sadly missed, and it's just one of those things, you know, it, just his time. Now, there was some rumors that came out today, and now I'm going to call them rumors. Uh, there was a tweet that said the next 90 days for the CFL in Halifax is very critical, these next 90 days. So on the 23rd, Randy Ambrosi is taking his town hall meetings to Halifax. And today there was kind of speculation that that is going to be where he is going to announce the CFL's 10th franchise. Now the rumor that came out today is that there's some anonymous sources that say construction will start on a stadium in Dartmouth Crossing in September and that the CFL has promised a Grey Cup game in Halifax within three years of the team's existence. And that there's more stuff that the province of Nova Scotia has agreed to build a connector between the 102 and the 118 and that the league will hold a contest to determine the team's name. Of course, this brought a lot of excitement. Now, the Twitter account, at uh, Maritime Football, which I guess is the official official account of the group that's trying to bring the CFL to Halifax, tweeted today, and I quote, we are working to bring the CFL to Atlantic Canada. There are no updates in terms of a stadium, and we do not anticipate the announcement around a franchise. We're encouraged by the enthusiasm, and we hope you'll join us next Friday to welcome Randy Ambrosi to the region. So that either shuts it down or they don't want this to spread like wildfire. What side of the fence do you sit on? I I honestly I'm I'm not gonna hope for anything. Um Yeah. That that's the thing. You don't want to get too caught up in it. The mayor of Halifax was quoted today saying if they have, if they have a stadium deal for Dartmouth Crossing, that's news to me. Yeah, that's not that's so, not good news. <laughs> it, it does it doesn't just happen. There, there's going to be hoops for them to jump through. Um, you know, there's there can be a lot of red tape for this to go through. Um, I do think it will happen at some point. I I, I think it's an in in inevitability. Hey, look at that! You but, spit it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a surveyor. I'm not a wordsmith. <laughs> um, but that being said, there is a lot of work to getting a franchise. So. We saw it in Ottawa. It was announced, and it took four or five years before the Red Blacks were on the field. So you don't want to rush this. You want to make sure it's done properly and correct and that you have the, the right ownership group in there and all that all that stuff that you need. So um, I, if you're hoping for that announcement and it doesn't come, don't be overly disappointed. You don't want to work yourself too too far up just to, just to fall that far down. But um, I, think, I think it will be a good meeting. I think it will be positive in the sense that um, that he's going to say something that will lead to something getting done to kind of help the process along or that he already has maybe behind closed doors, but I don't expect an announcement. I wonder if this is kind of the CFL equivalent of a celebrity death, death hoax, you know? <laughs> but it seems so real and well thought out. I, I don't know. There's got to be something... To this, I, I don't know if we hear it in a week, but uh, I'm certainly uh, have my fingers crossed. Now, this is really cool news. The Edmonton Eskimos donate eight hundred and forty thousand dollars to amateur football. That is an amazing number, a really cool thing that the Eskimos do, and it is all because of the fifty-fifty. And it is absolutely massive in that stadium, and the, the number is going to be bigger this year with the Grey Cup being in Edmonton. It is going to be a massive number, and this is really cool. We went to high school with a guy who played junior football in Edmonton for the Wildcats, and he tells us this. When he played junior in Edmonton, of course the players worked the 50-50, and the money would go to the club for scholarships, but they also donated cleats and other equipment for CJFL semifinals in an important cold-weather game. 
really classy moves, and they do so much more than just writing a check. So props to the Eskimos for supporting amateur football in the capital region in Alberta. They're they're a community-owned team. Yeah, um, they are. And, you know, so I think that's just even more of a – more of a payback, like like how a business would give dividends, is the same thing. You know, giving back to the community where where they where they play, where they all the players live there during the season, anyways. Um, you know, it, it's just another way for them to show their gratitude for the city that has accepted them as as their own. Um, you know, maybe attendance doesn't look that great, but they're still part. They're still a, a huge part of that community. Um, don't let the numbers fool you. So for that, for them to pay back that much money and like the our buddy went went to high school with said like just the the strictly the equipment donations they're going above and beyond what they need to do. So I, I, it's a really good look and like you said the numbers I think next year will be huge. Johnny Football makes an announcement. He will be playing in the three week long spring league starting March twenty eighth. Is that the end of the Hamilton? Tiger Cats, Johnny Manziel saga. No. Yeah. Tra- I don't think it's over. Are open the CFL after that season's over. It's basically so, just a three-week camp, and if it does anything, it helps them get in shape before it's CFL camps. It's ba- it's basically like an OTA. Yeah. Just not for a CFL team. So you know, maybe this is what he needs. For, and then Hamilton will actually get a look at him in some game action and decide what they want to do with him, whether or not they're going to offer him a contract. So, you know, and if he wants to play, he also wants to play football. So, you know, this is the first this is the first step in, in uh, gaining that opportunity back in his life again. So he needs to do that, and he also needs to look at who he's hanging out with because that's going to be a big part too, um, the company he keeps. So if he can clean up his act, which – which apparently he's already done. He's a changed man and all that, but he needs to show it and show it that he can still play football. Um, you know, words and actions are two different things. So I, I hope all the best. I hope he, I hope he kills it. I really do. And I hope he gets a shot again. Um, you know, he's an exciting player to watch. I just, his off the field stuff is an issue. And if that's all cleaned up and he can play football, then, you know, now, now it's the money issue um, to come into the CFL. So he just needs, Hamilton needs to take a good look at him in game action, and they can make up their mind from there. Speaking of company that he keeps, Brazilian tie, I don't think I can be friends with you anymore. <laughs> oh, I'm surprised I have any friends left. <laughs> but you we still went, do. <laughs> okay. D- disclaimer, went to my ex-girlfriend's birthday party last weekend. What? Oh, yeah. It was at BP's. I've never been to BP's before. I had to go check it out. You've never been to BP's before. <laughs> Apparently, we left at like 11.30 that night, and I don't remember anything after 8 p.m. You went to your ex-girlfriend's birthday party. Well, yeah, she's still friends with all my friends. <laughs> You're a bigger man than a lot of us. <laughs> I talked to her boyfriend more than I talked to her. Yeah, well. <laughs> Jeez. So, free agency <laughs> opens on Tuesday, and a lot has happened. I think this is the first time in a long time that... This is truly the 12-month CFL that people have wanted, and free agency is getting crazy. There's a lot of re-signings. We won't go through the re-signings because, really, they're just not that exciting. We'll go with the players changing uh, changing teams. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers signed Nick Dembski, Keenan LaFrance, and Chandler Fenner. Of course, Fenner was uh, in B.C. this past year, but a lot of Bomber fans... Really excited. LaFrance and Dembski, Manitoba products, both coming from the Riders and going home to play for the Bombers. So you got Andrew Harris, Nick Dembski, and Keenan LaFrance. That is, that's cool to be, be able to play for your hometown team in front of your hometown fans. I think that's cool. The Bombers are another community-owned team. And when they got guys that were playing amateur football in that city, that's awesome to have them representing their pro team. Yeah, there's nothing like getting to play for your favorite team growing up. Um, you know, when I when I was a kid playing hockey, the, if I if I was gonna make the show, I was gonna play. I was gonna play for the Oilers. That was it. Well, right? they did draft so for that very terribly for the past twenty five years. So you had a shot. Well, I mean, I couldn't be worse than Jason Bonsignor, but 
that's a great for them name. for them to go home that's oh yes it's unreal <laughs> for them for them to go home i mean that's got to be great for them um you know and andrew harris went back and has thrived much like he did in bc um still the same same great player that he was there um you know this nick Dams, he might get more of a shot now not saying he didn't he, he didn't get a lot of offensive play um you know he mainly uses a punt returner special teams um wasn't wasn't involved too much in the offense um Keenan LaFrance you know uh, he, he's Canadian so they need that for Andrew Harris because he's going to get beat up at some point and Keenan LaFrance is more than serviceable in this league and not only those signings but they also got a Darius Bowman back like this offense could be scary yeah they they really can and they got Canadian depth uh, I think LaFrance got himself a nice payday after the nice East final for the Red Blacks uh, a couple of mm-hmm. years ago, and he gets a nice payday to go home. Dembski got himself uh, a nice little raise. And I think Dembski, he hasn't shown his true potential yet. There have been injury issues in Saskatchewan, but yes. you remember he had a Labor Day uh, punt return for a touchdown uh, a few years ago. Now he's going to hope to do it for the opposite side. Uh, and last year, it kind of seemed like it was his time to... Uh, blossom and really show what he can do, but injuries just keep keep coming to him. So if he can stay healthy, that's a nice little option for the Bombers. And playing at home, I mean, uh, you get the home cooking more often. I'd be I'd be more healthy too, or I might be dead actually. Yeah, the first place I got home from Fox Creek this afternoon. The first place I went was my parents. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was- I thought I would grow out of that by the time I hit thirty. <laughs> no. No, nope. no, nope. Because nope. if mom's not cooking, it's Panago. <laughs> Call them up. We need a sponsorship, even if it's just no, a- no. Who calls now? Well, I don't have. Can app. you text them? I can try. <laughs> All right, text head office. Tell me how that works. Let's uh, go. I'll see what I can do. East or west a little bit to Regina. The Riders made a. Big splash here. So they they signed Zach Evans, who never should have Mm -hmm. been in Ottawa. He went... Uh, I'm kidding. (laughs) He went unprotected (laughs) in the expansion draft a few years ago, but got himself a Grey Cup, and now he is back in Regina. There's another junior football kid. So Zach Evans, Charleston Hughes... And Willie Jefferson on the defensive line. That's looking pretty good. They also signed the Brampton bus. Jerome Messam is back in Regina. And this will help with the running game a little bit. Travis Bond, right guard or left guard from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, is now a Saskatchewan Rough Rider. They also signed Sam Hurl. Now let's get into this a little bit. So the Riders also released Derek Dennis, who was maybe the highest-paid offensive lineman in the league last year. He won most outstanding offensive lineman after the 2016 season and got the big raise in free agency, went to Regina, didn't really make things happen at offensive tackle. So they moved him inside to guard. Bruce Campbell left tackle, and that's where the line really was able to shine last season. Now, I assume that Travis Bond isn't getting as much money as Dennis was because, you know, international guards don't get paid quite crazy here. Is Brendan Labatt going to be moving out to left tackle? Oh, that is a great question. Um, that's, that's what it looks like to me right now. There... There's going to be so many, so many combinations on that line um, that could that could arise this year. I mean, Josiah Josiah St. John is still in the mix. Um, you know, Campbell. Who knows what he's going to, what's going to happen there? If he's going to come back or not? He's already decided to retire once. Um, and then, you know, when you set your offensive line, you don't want to change it too much. So, I I don't mind that move of Labatt moving out there but at the same time um having him in the middle of that line is just he's so good i know but i know if his skill set can take him to the outside then they might be just that much better um 
although I would, it's it's tough. You know, we saw it with Tony Washington when he played left tackle that leave that left Mike Riley vulnerable. Um, and then they moved him to right tackle at the start of the year, and then they traded him because they couldn't protect the blind side like they wanted him to. So um, it's going to be the same thing with the left tackle position, Saskatchewan. They're going to have to make sure the guy can can block that blind side for whoever they decide to start, whether it be Brandon Bridge or I'm sure it'll be Zach Kalaros coming out of camp. But um, once they find that combination that works, they got to stick with it. And hopefully McAdoo finds a running game and sticks to it, and we don't see what we saw two years ago with Messam where he would get 20 carries one week and five the next. That's going to be huge too because then you get your offensive line more involved in the game, and if they're more involved, then they're going to be they're going to be just that much better. Labatt can play tackle. I think he has said that he prefers to play uh, guard, and why not? It's mm-hmm. I think it's a you don't have to you don't have to block <laughs> defensive ends coming off the edge. Exactly, I'd rather play guard too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, there's there's the chance for the double team. So I mean, I'm not I'm not saying it's easier. I'm just saying it's preferred. So I think Jones did say they are still in the market for a left tackle, but. I, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that offensive line. Uh, Bruce Campbell is a mountain of a man. Uh, he is a free agent. He did retire once before, but Jones was able to bring him back. If they bring him back, then they have a lot of options on the offensive line in Saskatchewan. And Travis Bond, he he was kind of just doing nothing for, <laughs> for the Bombers. And then in 2016, they start... Taylor Loeffler at safety, gave him some ratio flexibility. They put Bond in, and then they went on that six- or seven-game winning streak, and the Bombers have been pretty mm-hmm. consistent since they made that change. So he is a big, big man, and I'd like him on my offensive line any day. Now, the s- I'd, I'd, like, I'd like to have him at the bar with me yeah. at closing time to get me out of there. You need somebody to issue. back up your mouth sometimes, so... Some nights. <laughs> I think he would be... Not, not every night. The perfect, the perfect guard to have <laughs> for you. Uh, at first, the Sam Hurl move kind of looked like a depth play. But then word came out that the Riders were shopping Enoch Mwamba. Uh, even though they paid him something like a $35,000 bonus in January, he was due another bonus not long after free agency. So now Moamba is back on the market, and as of right now, it looks like Sam Hurl might just be the starting middle linebacker for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I I have doubts that that is going to be what happens here, but we're going to see another Moamba sweepstakes. When he came back from the NFL, everyone put their hat into the ring for Moamba. Mm-hmm. Montreal ended up getting him. I, I don't know if he's going to go back to Montreal, although they did make a lot of signings that we will get to. These roster bonuses, you got to think, they're probably going to come to the come to an end right away because the players, half the time, they don't get them anyway. Yeah, I was talking with uh, Superfan Mike a couple weeks ago when the Adarius Bowman situation arose, and I mentioned... Maybe these bonuses need to be paid up front. Yeah, because a signing bonus, team, really. Because the, yeah, and then teams are going to look at them. Well, we've already paid them this money. We, we got to keep them. We don't want to because it's going to count against your cap. Now you're just you're giving the team an out to cut you. That's basically and what it is. That, now, now we're back at that same situation where the players have no power when it comes to contract negotiations and stuff like that. So um, I think that's going to come up in the next CBA meetings. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's a really bad look. Like, what, you're handing out these bonuses so you can get guys to sign, knowing full well you're cutting them when this bonus is due. Knowing full well that if your other players that you have pan out because this player is going to be older, that he's going to get cut. And then you won't even have to worry about it. That money comes off your books. So it, it's a really bad look for the teams and the league. Um, it And like you said... Mwamba just got one a month ago. I know, so that that stays on the do book. one do one on on Monday, I think. And so they cut him. Why wouldn't you just cut him in January? Don't don't tell me. Oh, Sam Hurl came on the market, so we went after Sam Hurl. No, you didn't. You got Sam Hurl when he went on the market because you had because you well then we'll cut Mwamba. We don't have to pay him again. That's all it is. And 
granted, with the Riders' defensive line the way it's looking, I don't think middle linebacker is going to be that big of an issue. I think it's going to be – you can probably move them to a coverage coverage role maybe. You should be able to get pressure with the front four, but it's still a really bad look for the teams. Maybe that's their thought with Hurl, that he can succeed in a Chris Jones system, but if they release Mwamba for that January bonus – he gets an early start on free agency. Teams haven't wasted or spent their money on day one or two mm-hmm. of free agency, so he's able to get into a team faster. So they kind of screw him over a little bit. Right now, we kind of have to look at Sam Hurl's salary as having that bonus tacked to him. You kind of have to look at yep, Hurl's. That's fair because because that bonus is on the cap. Yeah, you kind of have to look at Hurl's salary that way a little bit. Now that the Riders go with Messam at running back, I, I just got to assume Trent Richardson will be gone. Messam is going to be the starting mm-hmm. back. And today it was made official. They announced the signing of Johnny Augustine, who played five years in Guelph. He was at camp with the Eskimos last year but ended up going back one more more year of eligibility in U-Sports, and the Riders end up signing Augustine. And there's a lot of talk about this guy. Quite different build than Jerome Messam. He's 5'8 and 202 pounds. So so he's me. There's a little bit of thunder. That's what I am right now. (laughs) I'm sure sure his is more muscle. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) And not as much pierogi. So maybe that's their backup running back in Saskatchewan. Now we go to Calgary. Well, a lot of changes have happened here. Markway McDaniel is gone, but they're able to bring back Derek Dennis. Oh, weird. McDaniel didn't get re-signed. <laughs> yeah, after those great cup comments, you had to see you, the... You didn't want to bring that back into the locker room? Weird. <laughs> had to see the writing on the wall there. So Derek Dennis is now back in Calgary, succeeded mm-hmm. in that system. But Ryan from Horseman Radio will tell you that he was working in practice against Charleston Hughes every week. So <laughs> when you get into game action, you're, hey, this is not so bad. Helps him win himself. Yeah, it's like, it's like using a donut on a bat in the on-deck circle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wins himself most outstanding offensive lineman. Now we're going to see the Hughes and Dennis Twitter battles, on-field battles on opposite colors again, which I am a fan of. That was fun to watch last season. Oh yeah, it. You know that's. I I I don't want to say that this league needs more players with Twitter and beefs, but it it's so entertaining to watch these guys go back and forth. It is. Like when Bo Levi Mitchell, Twitter, you know, rip his Twitter account, RIP. Um, <laughs> when he called out Deron Carter saying, "Don't don't play corner, I'm going to throw it at you 25 times," and Carter takes it back for a pick six. Like. It it's just it's poetic justice. It's so much fun to watch, and you just you want it to play out on the field. You you want it to carry over, and, and sometimes it does, and guys get a little heated, and sometimes it doesn't, but it still makes for good fodder. So you know, and these guys, I'm, I'm sure the word turncoat will be used at some point, and it's it's just going to make the battle so much better. Speaking of Twitter and Deron Carter, I think Derek Taylor, friend of the show from TSN, got the better of Deron. Uh, this past week, (laughs) get on Twitter if you want to see that battle. They also bring in Emmanuel Davis, who in the past with the Tiger Cats has had some great seasons. Last year was a tough one for him. Maybe he does well uh, with Josh Bell coaching him in Calgary. They also bring in S.A. Mrabere, defensive lineman from Saskatchewan. There is word that maybe Eric Rogers will be returning to the CFL. And if Calgary can get him and you have Rodgers, Kamar Jordan, and DeVaris Daniels, that's a sweet little uh, receiving core, I must say. Yeah, that's not bad, I guess. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it'll work. I mean, when you got got Bully by Mitchell back there, I don't know what the running game is going to be like in Calgary. Um, You know, that's... Well, Roy Finch is going to get the ball more. They've already said that. Yeah, um, that that is that is true too. So, uh, if they can get the running game, the receivers are going to have a heyday. If they can get the running game they had before, it, it it's going to be so hard to stop. And just when we just when we thought, you know, with free agency and the guys that have left and the possibility of players not returning, Calgary just goes out and makes sure they get their guys that they want and this, you know, 
quietly they're going to be favorites in the West again. Or I don't know if it would be quietly, but um, they're going to be one of the top teams again, and they just keep plugging along, and it, it's very annoying. Well, apparently it, it's been said <laughs> that Roy Finch likes playing running back more than he does kick return. And if he's any better at running back than he is at returning kicks, that's terrifying. That That is pretty scary. He is probably like, the best returner in the league. Him, him and Chris Rainey averaged the same uh, return yards per game last year. Wow. They also had yeah. Terry Williams uh, return, or yep. at running back last year. And that one game, he ran so well, he puked. So <laughs> so- Sounds like me on, on last Friday night. <laughs> oh, what was that? What game did he do that in? That was uh, 16 carries, 156 yards, three touchdowns against uh, Montreal in September. So they've got some talent, as Huffnagel always does, hidden on that team somewhere. You know, he he just finds a way. (coughs) Cheating. But, (laughs) you know, they they have an eye for talent. They they always seem – it, it's they are the epitome of you know just plug and play. Yeah, they they find guys that fit the system well that can take over any spot or can take over the spot they need to, um, and you know get the job done. Which, which in football is huge because it's it's a system game, and your players need to fit into your system. So um, they just keep plugging, playing, and winning football games. And it, I don't. <laughs> I, I don't understand how how it will ever stop. Like it just seems like it could go on forever. We go north on the QE two, and things have actually been pretty quiet in Edmonton. We can talk more about players that have left than players that have come to town. But it's been talked about over the past few seasons. There's a lot of depth at the receiver position there, just not enough positions. <laughs> like there were Duke yeah. Williams, a lot, a lot of American depth is going to be the main issue. Yeah, Duke Williams was sitting on the PR for a bit. Uh, Bryant Mitchell has been, and maybe those guys get full seasons now. But they signed Alex Bazzi, defensive lineman from the BC Lions. Uh, Rory Colert, some Canadian depth, a little bit former Bomber, mm-hmm. former Stampeder, but just came out Friday. Jerron Kreiner, wide receiver from Ottawa, big body. A lot of promise. There were a lot of Ottawa fans that wanted this guy back, and we have not seen the best of Kreiner just yet. Touchdown machine, and he just might uh, excel in Edmonton with Mike Riley throwing him the ball. Hard not to. Yeah. yeah. In all reality. (laughs) (laughs) Easy there, Mike Vrabel. Um. No, their their receiving core is going to be another huge threat again this year, much like it was last year. I mean, Riley led the league in passing yards, and you know we also had the leading receiver, which they lost. So those yards are going to have to get replaced somehow. They lost their top two receivers, so those yards are going to have to get replaced. It's not like you lose those two guys and you, you just stop throwing the football. So I, I think we're going to see some big years from guys that um, you know we expected decent years last year and it's hard when you have Zilstra and Bowman ahead of you and then Darrell Walker comes back and there's only one football to go around so I think we're going to see some big years from uh from some second year guys that didn't get a lot of opportunity last year well they got opportunity due to the injuries but you know players start coming back it's hard to to keep everybody in so I don't think we're going to see that same rotation of guys sitting on the bench or getting scratched for a game and you're like well why are they scratched I think there's going to be um a, a set set of receivers that that are going to be in there every night, and that that that's going to be huge for Mike Riley. You know, they're all going to know their positions, and Mike Riley's going to know where they are. You know, go through a training camp together, and it it can only benefit benefit the host team for the 2018 Great. I Cup. guess that's kind of a positive from all those injuries last year. They were able able to see what they had, <laughs> and and now and now and more. cutting Adarius Bowman doesn't look so bad when you actually look at what they what they had from last year and what they were able to keep. Um, you know, Bowman wasn't the same Bowman in the second half when he came back from his injury. Granted, losing Zilstra is huge, but, you know, you, you got to have players that can step up. And, you know, Bryant Mitchell and Duke Williams showed that they can make some pretty damn good plays in this league. Um, and, you know, they have arguably the best quarterback in the league throwing them the ball. So I, I see them having pretty big years, which is 
what Edmonton's going to need. I mean, they need to replace those yards somehow. So, and not only, not only that, but who's going to play running back? Well, it's going to be C.J. Gable. They did re-sign John White. They've already said that. And go, Trayvon Van. That, yeah, he'll he, maybe he'll return <laughs> kicks. But they 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 already said they're going to go into camp. C.J. Gable as the guy, and John White can fight his way in. And John White, he's still young. Two major surgeries though, uh, but mm-hmm. Edmonton probably got him for a nice deal. I would for a I would think. And do, do you think? Do you think Sunderland took a look at last year and said we need to make sure that we've got options? That's possible. But now, mainly like with with the injuries that they went through, it's like, well, we got to make sure that we've got guys and we're not scrambling. Now they might have themselves the best backfield in the league. Yeah, that's that's uh, not a not a stretch at all, in my opinion. BC making a lot of changes. Ed Hervey making his mark. On this team, Joel Figueroa, Edmonton O-lineman, moves over. Edmonton D-lineman, Euclid Cummings, going to BC. Edmonton defensive back, Gary Peters, going to BC. But talking to B- or Edmonton fans, they're happy with that one. <laughs> yeah. Is, is, this, is this the 2015 roster? It might just be. <laughs> Ed Hervey getting the band back together in BC? <laughs> AJ Jefferson, former Argo DB, going to BC. Ricky Collins, former Ryder, former Tiger Cat, going to BC. Chris Greaves, uh, Montreal offensive lineman, going to BC. They've talked about uh, protecting the quarterback to good names there already. Odell Willis in BC. Yes. Don't forget that. Cody Fajardo, uh, Argos. Backup quarterback. They don't, I guess, need him now, so he's going to the left coast. Otha Foster, former Eskimo, former Ryder, heading to BC as well. And finally, Canadian receiver Corey Watson is leaving the Eskimos and heading to BC. A lot of changes happening on that team. They're going to be completely different. They were the only team in the West to not make the playoffs. Yep. So, you know, changes needed to come. Um, Glenn, Glenn Sather always said, you need to turn over 20% of your roster whether you win or lose. 20, 20%? The Oilers were winning cups in the 80s. He was still making changes. You never, Your team's never perfect. You need to get fresh life in there. You know, you need to change the room up a bit. Um, Ed Hervey's putting his stamp on the BC Lions because he wants to win another championship. Um, you know, like I said, they, they finished fifth in the West last year, didn't make the playoffs. That's got to change. It's Wally Bono's last year. Um I, I suspect that they are going to come out firing. I suspect that they are going to be making a big push this year. Um, the West is so competitive, though, that just making the playoffs, you're going to be lucky. Um, but yeah, like big changes need to come. Uh, they need to they need to protect they need to protect uh, Jennings a little more to make let him make plays. You know, they still got a really good receiving core. Um, you know, they just need to get some pieces in there that that can complement what they already have. And like I said, if you can get guys in there that have already won, that's that's huge too. So it would be a big boost for that room. Quite quiet in both Toronto and Hamilton. Nobody really knew what the Toronto defensive backs were going to look like, but they made some big re-signings. They also bring in Ronnie Yell from BC and TJ Heath, ball hawk from Winnipeg, also signed Swayze Waters, who was a former Argo. Went to the NFL, had some injury issues, ended up uh, in BC, got cut, played a little bit there for Edmonton last year, and now he's in Toronto. We'll see if he can find that uh, former Magic, and they bring in Greg Morris, Saskatchewan uh, Canadian running back there. Uh, Toronto is, uh, they're in pretty good shape, I would say, but you kind of have to look at it. They're going to lose... Looks like Victor Butler and James Wilder. So, <laughs> and Bear Woods hasn't. So re-signed. there's still question marks uh, for the defending champs. Mm-hmm. As for Hamilton, it's nothing but re-signings and Liram Hiralahu, who left Toronto and is now. <laughs> didn't they? Didn't they miss enough field goals last year? Yeah, I guess he's going to be on the other side of the. Uh, uh, Labor Day uh, game uh, between Hamilton Go, and Toronto. Going to the hardest stadium to kick in the CFL. That should bode well for Liam. Yeah, it's too bad. I'm a fan of Sergio. <laughs> yeah, but, He had a great I year mean, until Liam's he got, got a, hurt. It, 
Yeah, but I mean, how much fun is it to say Haralahu? Yeah, that's fun too. You're you're right. <laughs> <laughs> it's really it's really it's really six of one. In Ottawa, I see a lot of panic surrounding their team, and <laughs> I'm I, I get it, but they did make some signings. AC Leonard, uh, Ryder D lineman. I feel like they paid him a lot to play in Ottawa. It felt like a bit of an overpay to me. Maybe I'm crazy. I, 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 <laughs> I, you would think guys would want to go to Ottawa. Yeah. I, I, I think I've seen a lot of criticism of their GM, Marcel Desjardins, on Twitter. They kind of want him to open the wallet a little bit and not be so cheap. Well, and this is where we had the discussion earlier this year where without contract lengths or even dollar figures we don't we can hear reportedly this is what they got paid but we'll never know yeah so that kind of puts a like granted free agency was a gong show for three days and it was lots of fun but it just always feels like something's missing and i think that's the dollar aspect of it because all we can really do is guess so to say that a guy is overpaid we'll never really know unless we actually get the report but for if if AC Leonard's making what he is making on that defensive line, it isn't over. There's two people saying that he's making 145k. Last year with the yeah, Riders, that's... he made 60k. <laughs> I'm not slamming yeah. the guy, but they, it's you're gonna more than double a guy's salary. Yeah, it would have been better off keeping uh, Odell, I think, but. Yeah, I, I don't, I I don't know what's going on there. Um, with with the receivers and the offense that they have, they do need a defense to to complement that. Um, but at some point, you can't be paying your defensive players more than a receiver. It, like it 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 does unless unless he's going to be a complete game changer. But I just with a cap, it just you just can't do it. He's an athletic guy. Uh, he used to be a receiver, actually, and he—I mm-hmm. he, mean—he's a good player, but ah, it just seems pretty crazy. If it is one hundred and forty thousand, that's way too much. Now they are going to be a hard-hitting defense because they have added Luchez Purifoy from the Lions. They've also added Kyrie Bear from the Alouettes. Two guys right there that are going to—you're going to know. You you had a game with the Red Blacks uh, with yeah, those because, two guys because there's going to be a bunch of flags on the field. <laughs> he bear, uh, I guess, career Montreal Alouette asked for a uh, release, got released, signed with Ottawa. So can you can you blame him? Yeah, he doesn't have to go far. <laughs> no, it, it's <laughs> I don't even know how far it is. What is it? Two hours? Yeah, something like that. And, and he can still speak French, so I mean, you're fine there. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if he does or not. Julian Fioli, Godino, uh, Winnipeg Canadian receiver, also signs in Ottawa. But other than that, that that's it. And and you know Zach, them losing Zach Evans is huge. It I is. They, they felt they felt the pressure from that, and you know went after Leonard and decided to pay him. And it's like, ugh, you you got to can almost replace a D lineman by committee. In my opinion, like if you got a really good one like Charleston Hughes, you're not going to want to do that with. Guys like that, but you know, to replace Zach Evans with one guy, you're not going to find another Zach Evans. So you need you need to spread that money out a little bit, and maybe bring in two guys that you can rotate and keep fresh, and you know they can bull rush the quarterback, and they'll be fresh all the time. That that that's just as good as having one guy that you're going to pay that much if you can pay two guys to do the job and just interchange them. Speaking of overpaying guys, oh boy. The Montreal Alouettes were forced to overpay guys because they probably wouldn't wouldn't have been able to field a fifty-three man roster. So the Alouette signings or forty-six, sorry, are all defensive backs. They're good <laughs> defensive backs. They're veteran defensive backs. Tommy Campbell, Joe Burnett, both from Calgary, and mm-hmm. Khalil Carter was the DB coach in Calgary last year. So they follow the coach to Montreal. Mitchell White. Uh, from Toronto, Dominique Ellis from Hamilton. Now, these figures come from Farhan Lalji, 
They also signed Jamal Westerman, uh, Canadian yeah. uh, defensive lineman from Winnipeg. Game changer, by the way. But the Alouettes paid him fifty grand more than the next offer. Mitchell White, forty thousand above the next close of closest offer. Tommy Campbell, DB, gets paid one hundred and fifty thousand next year, and Jake Hardy. I would just. I'd call him an average Canadian receiver. Mm-hmm. $125,000. The Montreal Alouettes have to pay a lot of money just to get guys to come. Are, are you surprised by any of that? I'm not. There was a lot of talk that free agents don't want to go at all. Well, it's a dumpster fire with that with that front office right now. Um, you mentioned Jake Hardy. He dressed for 18 games last year, 226 yards. And he just made bank. He did. Good for him, man. That's unreal. <laughs> like, I... Montreal spending all this money on defense. Are they planning on winning every game 7-3? to three? Because I, I don't understand where they're going to score points. Unless Tyrell Sutton runs the ball 50 times. <laughs> They, they they do have some game changers on defense. I mean, oh, for sure they do. The corners they, they, get help with uh, Westerman now being on the defensive line. That a- helps absolutely. Uh, helps the corners, but they 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 still don't have a quarterback unless Josh who's gonna, who's Freeman. Who's going to throw the ball? Who's going to throw the ball to anybody? Josh Freeman. Oh man, <laughs> Johnny Johnny Manziel. Oh, don't start that. We're going to get two teams mad at us now. <laughs> it's they had to pay a pile of money. I, I, I they can't be playing paying the quarterbacks much because of uh what they're paying these guys, mm-hmm. but wow, uh Montreal's an interesting interesting <laughs> situation. Situation we'll call it. Yeah. Now there's still some players left and still some game changers left. We can talk about the international linebackers that are still around. So Taylor Reed, Khalil Bass, Bear Woods, Kyle Knox, and also Alex Hoffman Ellis, all guys that mm-hmm. have had um good moments in the league. Bear Woods and Taylor Reed being at the top, but there are still some options available on the free agent market. Receiver from Toronto, who hasn't been able to stay healthy, but we've seen flashes in Calgary and Toronto. Jeff Fuller, Jasper Collins is out there from the Tiger Cats. Clarence Denmark from the Bombers. He might retire, um, but the guy was a touchdown machine in his day. And some offensive linemen kicking around, too. Bruce Campbell, Danny Grew from Edmonton. Uh, some D linemen. We have Philip Hunt, uh, Bryant Turner. We have Eddie Steele, Manitoba boy. Maybe he goes to Winnipeg. And Quinn Van Gilswick is out there as well. So I wonder if he's going to be signing soon as well. He was drafted by the Riders when they had Crepinia. I thought it was kind of a bizarre move. But Aaron Grimes is still out there as well. He's kind of one of those situations, I think, where Willie Jefferson signed about seven different contracts with the Riders. I think Aaron Grimes has signed, I think, two with the Eskimos so far. Um, I know what the Grimes situation is. Okay. Are we allowed to divulge this? Yeah, it was on on the Esks app. They they quoted Brock Sunderland. They asked Brock Sunderland about it. They're waiting for the NFL window Ah, to close. So it, he's just waiting to see if he gets any offers that he wants to go for, and if he doesn't, then he's coming back. So he will be an he will be an Eskimo if he doesn't go to the NFL. So that's what we're waiting for. Yeah, we're, and I think that closes middle of next week. Okay, and then they'll know, and then I think they already have a deal in principle by the the way it sounded that you know it's pretty much a done deal. We're just waiting to see if he's going to end up going down south or not. Where does Bear Woods end up? Oh, I hope Saskatchewan. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I mean, uh, Sam Hurl's great as a special teamer. I just don't see him as your starting middle linebacker. Well, they did Um, in Winnipeg for three years. That is true, and he he did get better. It's not like he only had 
he didn't he didn't stay at his average of one tackle a game. Um, it's there's no more money left in Montreal, and not not like he'd go back after the way they treated him in training camp. Yeah. Um, man, would he? Is there enough money left in Winnipeg? Well, they they might look at Mwamba. They were looking at him. Well, so that's the I thing. guess who's gonna who's gonna who's gonna command more in the free agency market? So I think I think what we're gonna wait for is, or what it's gonna be is teams are gonna realize or not realize, but they're gonna get word of how much Mwamba wants, and then they're gonna be like, okay, we'll, we can't play that. Maybe Woods will want less. So I think it's gonna come down to a money issue. Um, but I would love to see him in Saskatchewan. Granted, that's a little biased. Um. I just don't know. Like, if he hasn't, if he hasn't already signed in Toronto, I don't, I don't see that happening real soon. Maybe, maybe nobody goes after him and he does end up returning. Uh, it. <laughs> see, this is where the money thing comes in. It'd be, it'd be easy to figure out who has money and who doesn't. Uh, I want to. I want. I really want to say Saskatchewan because there is a need there. They released. They released Muaba because of the roster bonus. So. Maybe they can fit Bear Woods in, but other than that, you know, everybody else seems to be sparing a crap load of money. And granted, the Riders are too. But I, there's there's a need there, and he's he's maybe the perfect fit. Yeah, the biggest names left, I, I think, are linebackers: Reed, Bass, Woods, Knox, and uh, also uh, Mwamba. It's going to be fun to see where things go in the next little while. And I'll be watching that town hall with Ambrosi and Halifax on Friday the 23rd. Hopefully something does come out of this. Brazilian tie, it's been nice to do another off-season episode to have uh, somebody actually wanting to talk to me. Want to, need to, feel lonely, need a fatherly <laughs> influence. I don't know what it is, but these phone calls always seem very soothing. Well, my wife thanks you for getting uh, me out of... Her hair for uh, a few hours, and I thank you for being there for me. Oh, come on. She loves having you around all the time. Happy Valentine's week, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) How did it go? Oh, it was really good in camp with a bunch of dudes. Snapchat. Snapchat sent me a Valentine, I guess. Okay, well, at least you got something, buddy. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Pretty lonely. No, you get used to it. You get used to it. This isn't breaking news. <laughs> the news is coming fast and furious this off season. I'm sure we'll probably talk to you sooner rather than later. Have a good one. Rate, review, subscribe the Two and Out CFL podcast on iTunes and anywhere podcasts are found. Really, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.